The human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> now, now, brown cow. Unique New York. Unique New York. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History. It is, what is it, episode four or five of our movie wars it's at least episode four or five yeah we'll trust four or five both are true and uh we are in our sweet 16 candles bracket so we've done all hold on we got to be we actually got to be kind of specific because we've had episode four episode five episode six so in the numbering order as we're going out of order like george lucas did i think we'd be episode seven even though it's only the fourth episode we've done and episode seven. Would <laughs> so in an the, effort to clear that up, I think you just did a great job, Eric. Yeah, well, and man. episode seven would be the Bracket Awakens. Listen, if uh, which is our sweet sixteen candles, right? And then we're gonna need some standalone TV content. That if I'm yeah. not any, I'm not anything if not muddying the waters constantly. So the Bracket of Boba Fett, right? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, huh? I can do some the Clone Wars. All right. Um, but we are in our sweet 16 candles. So the final 16 movies, uh, we did all our initial regions and uh, came up with uh, our final 16, which will then lead into the end game eight, the Pulp Fiction four, and then eventually our championship. But tonight we're just going to do the sweet 16 candles, the final 16 movies. And uh, tonight we have Jeff again as our moderator asking the questions. Me and Eric will be providing our sterling analysis and answers and uh, deciding the winners based on that. So without further ado, Jeff, take it away. All right. Yeah, here we go. Sweet 16 candles. We got eight matchups, uh, a collection of high seeds and pesky, lowly seeded teams that movies that made it all the way in. And we're going to get going right out of the gate. Uh, so since we have two judges tonight, we're going to go with the, we're going to have a three question format, six. It means the first one to four wins a, uh, wins a bracket. So anyhow, if somebody sweeps the first two questions, we won't do third, but otherwise we're going to settle this after three questions. Our first matchup coming out of the Steven Spielberg region, number five seeded Scott Pilgrim versus the world versus a revolutionary animation movie of Toy Story, a number two seed. Jake, let's start with you. Which movie do you want to watch right now? Uh, I'm going to go Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I think uh, I love Toy Story. It's great. And I think the sequels are actually somehow better than the original. But um, agreed. I think Scott Pilgrim versus the world would be, you know, it's kind of late at night. It's campy. It's fun. It's a little bit ridiculous. And I, I think it would be wildly entertaining right now to watch. So Scott Pilgrim. All right, Eric, what do you think? Which, uh, 
Which movie do you want to watch right now? Scott Pilgrim versus the world or Toy Story? Almost definitely Scott Pilgrim, mostly because the kids are asleep. Um, <laughs> I can watch Toy Story literally anytime I want. I think I've mm-hmm. only seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world once all the way through. Um, yeah, it's Scott Pilgrim. Right now, what is it? 830? Kids are, yeah, kids are asleep. I'm going to go with something like that. Okay. So yeah, this is a Saturday battles. morning you know, cartoons. You're, you're, you're going to Go pick ahead. your spot. Yep. All right. Um, Eric, let's start with you on this one. We recently lost the Titan of meatloaf in the last week. <laughs> My question is, obviously, both of these movies would do anything for love. But which one, Eric, won't do that? They would do anything for love, anything. But one of these movies, and you know it, just won't do that. Which one? I I recently saw an interview with Meatloaf where he explained what that was. He said, it's in every refrain. That thing he won't do for love is in every refrain. And he insisted to his agent or his uh, the producer, no, people understand what I'm talking about. Bruce is like, no, they're not going to get it. And he's like, nobody 30, knows me. 30 some years later, he was proven wrong. Nobody knows what he's talking about, even though it's right there in the frame. He lists it. Um, wait, wait, hang on. Finish the story. What is it? Oh, I, I honestly don't remember. He said it. I don't remember it. <laughs> so, yeah. Even after know. the interview, Eric still doesn't know what meatloaf wouldn't <laughs> yeah, do. I'm like, right. oh, okay. Well, whatever that was. Um. You know, I'm going to go with. uh, I'm pretty sure Scott Pilgrim would do anything, including that for love. So Toy Story fights girls for love. Toy Story won't do that. Okay, Toy Story just won't do that. Jake, what do you think? Which one of these movies just won't do that? And Eric just walked us right up to what that is and. Shoved us off. Totally left us hanging. I guess that's a that's a future episode. That's interesting. Um, So the the plot of Toy Story is, you know, Woody is big man on campus. In comes this hot new jock, Buzz Lightyear. Woody's clearly suffering some insecurities uh, because of the new guy, because you know he can fall with grace, Um, and. It drives Woody to do some pretty despicable things. At one point, they think he murdered Buzz. Um, he's clearly trying to get him out of the out of the picture so he can get back the love of his fellow toy friends. And uh, but eventually, you know, he has a he's a a reconciliation, a come to Jesus moment, if you will, and and does right by Buzz and and by the other toys. Whereas Scott Pilgrim is, I mean, it's a love story. It's an awesome love story with all this music and drama and battles and stuff, but it's a love story with Scott and Ramona. Um, But then also you got Knives in there who's relentlessly pursuing Scott throughout the movie. And um, so it's kind of an interesting call because Knives, she has to kind of, except that Scott is not going to be her boyfriend 
and Scott needs to come to terms with his own bad behavior is cheating on knives and and he's working to free Ramona from Gideon's control. So oh, it's a it's a tougher it, it's a tougher call than I would have thought. But I think I'm going to give the edge to Scott Pilgrim here. Barely though. I I, I think it's a it's a tough call, but Scott Pilgrim's getting this one. All right. Well, uh, well thought out answer there. Oh, Eric, okay. you have something to add? I've got something to add. Okay. Um sure. I've, I've got the lyrics here. I figured out what it was. So in one of the first verses, I'll never forget the way you feel right now. And I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. So forget the way you feel. Um, the next one is I'll never forgive myself if we don't go all the way and I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. That's the second one. And the third one is I'll never do it better than I do it with you. And I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. So it's okay. three ways that he would let that relationship down. And those do sound familiar to what he was saying, but again, they're forgettable. Yeah. I've wondered my entire life. When did that song come out? 93, 94, something uh, like that. 93. Okay. Wow. Can't believe I knew that. So, okay. Moving on, Jacob, let's start with you. We got, uh, Scott oh, Pilgrim is up three to one right now. My next question, Jake Rines, is Scott Pilgrim versus the world or Toy Story? Which is more popular on the gritty streets of Reno? <laughs> oh, my knowledge of Reno is entirely based on Reno 911. The that's, show. All, that's all this question. <laughs> the biggest little town in the world. So if that... Like I'm really rooting for Toy Story here, but I'm having a hard time seeing how that would play better than if you can work Terry into the answer, it's bonus points. Just you know, Terry, Terry would love, I think you'd love some Toy Story. Oh man. <laughs> I guarantee you, Terry loves Toy Story. <laughs> Terry loves some Toy Story. Hey guys. I was just selling some dolls. Um, <laughs> oh, see, Reno is weird, and it would be a total betrayal of everything good and right about Toy Story. But you can do some weird stuff with that movie, uh, and that would do well in Reno, based on the TV show. Oh, Lieutenant Dangle would love it. He would love Toy Story. Um, so would uh, Trudy Weigel. Yeah, I think Toy Story. I think Toy. I'm going to pick Toy Story. Eric, what do you think? Which uh, which movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the World or Toy Story? Which one is more popular? Well, the gritty streets of Reno. You're asking that I've seen enough of Reno 911 to. Uh... To know the the characters, you, you live really you live closer to Reno than any of us. If I had to guess, I mean, it so doesn't by mean osmosis, they... you should understand the culture of Reno. Yeah, okay. I mean, Bakersfield is basically Reno 2.0. So <laughs> there's if a you... Bakersfield PD show in the nineties. Yes, I was about to mention that. Uh, and who was in that? Was uh, Ron Eldard? 
was in that. I need to go find the episodes because, uh, oh, and Giancarlo Esposito of Breaking Jesus. Bad. <laughs> okay. Got <laughs> I got to look that show up. Yeah, it's real. So what's your uh, answer? I don't know. I don't, I don't have enough. <laughs> Quite a reference on Reno 911. I it doesn't have to be Reno 911. Have you ever driven through Reno? You've heard of Reno? I've heard of it. You know where it is. I know roughly let's, where it let's is. Let's just go with what you do know about Reno. It's Vegas's little redheaded stepbrother. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be. It's probably not even ever going to be Tahoe. Let's be honest. You're Reno. Well, then I think Scott Pilgrim vs. the World takes that simply because Toy Story is held up as this paragon of cinema and Scott Pilgrim, I so, think, is oh, that's often. It. I like that angle because often Scott kind Pilgrim, of, it's the underdog. Yeah, and so if it's Reno, Reno's going to go with the underdog. There you go. Okay, yeah, because Reno means underdog in Mesopotamian, I think. So yeah, um, some ancient language it means. Yeah, maybe Dan McKellen can correct us on that too, or it's German for uh, anywhere Eric's but here or something like that. <laughs> All right. Well, there, there it is. We've got a five seed upsetting a two seed. Ancient Our first entrant into the end game. Eight. Reno would mean old friend, but in the ancient Greek, Eric is not happy because there's a TikTok person that I posted uh, that. No, it was funny. It's just his his method of approaching things is. Uh, it's very. I just I I can't let All the right, team Eric, hear me. Eric, our audience is already like in the dozens. There's going to be like two people that understand hey, what we're referencing. You right said now. the whispering is going to work, so no, I know, but I just do the low all right. whisper. All right, next up, Martin Scorsese region. We have the number four seed Warrior versus the number two seed Mad Max Fury Road. Tom Hardy versus Tom Hardy. I know. I didn't realize. Oh, wow, we have a now. double Tom Hardy. Double Hardy. And, um, I realized this earlier. I forgot to mention it. It's and these wild. are two of the movies where you can understand him better than most of his other stuff. So, <laughs> yep. All right, um, Eric, we're going to start with you. Warrior or Mad Max Fury Road? Which movie do you wish you could see again for the first time? Uh, I'm going to say Mad Max Fury Road just because. Uh, I've only seen it the one time, but even seeing it a second time, you're kind of going in with, all right, I'm going to get ready for this scene or get ready for this character. And it's not going to surprise me at all. I'd like to have that same feeling again. I think that's with a lot of great movies. You Like you want to see certain things that you wish you could do again for the first time. Um, I don't know. You've all seen Endgame. You know, I'd love to see that again for the first time in the theater with people seeing it for the first time. Like, oh, that's yeah. an experience. If for nothing else, when Cap picks up the hammer, oh, that's just, as good as it gets. Yeah, uh, almost as good as it gets. I say that gets outdone recently, but I don't think Jake has seen the, the Far From Home. So, um, yeah, it's... I, Mad Max seeing that again, it would be worthwhile. So Mad Max... All right, Jake, what do you think? Which movie do you wish you could see again for the first time? Fury Road or Warrior? Uh, Mad Max. It's a two and a half hour or two hour adrenaline fueled 
gore fest and it's awesome and it just keeps getting better. And, uh, I, it's just really exciting, really fun to watch. Whereas warrior great movie. I really enjoyed it, but I was not like, I just wasn't on the edge of my seat. Like I was for Mad Max. That was something else. I think Mad Max was clearly just so unique and wildly over the top in all the best ways that, Mm -hmm. yeah, I remember seeing that in the theater. um, I don't remember who I saw it with. I went back a week later with Randy to watch it, who had been poo-pooing it forever. I was like, you're going to like this movie. You just better prepare yourself to enjoy it. And as soon as it was over, he goes, that was really good. So Yeah, yeah, it was awesome deal okay um jake let's start with you next question warrior mad max which would you rather watch on an endless loop with the sound on for a year (laughs) Uh, one year (laughs) sound on if i watch mad max (laughs) on a loop for a year i might be huffing paint by the end of that year like I may convert my minivan into a doof mobile and go to bullet town. And like, it it might turn me into, um, into a road warrior. So I feel like for my sanity's sake, I got to go warrior. I think, I think I could handle warrior for a year. All right. That uh, makes sense. It's a well thought out answer. Eric, what do you think? Which there's enough to watch endlessly for a year with the sound on. There's enough silence in warrior for me to take naps enough to keep my sanity. So it has to be warrior. All right. Two for two. Eric, um, before I ask this next question, do you know, or do either one of you know what sitcom means? Situational comedy. Yeah. Situational comedy. All right. So knowing that Warrior or Mad Max Fury Road, Eric, (laughs) which movie would make for the better sitcom? Well, like I almost want to jump right into Warrior because Warrior is the, the, the whole situational comedy part is that you've got these You've got a family, basically, and that's most sitcoms are based around a family unit of some sort. So I have no idea how you could base um, Mad Max, a sitcom on Mad Max Fury Road. It's so I'm tough go to see it. either one of these film before a live studio audience or with a laugh track attached. It's really it's a reach. But the question is what the question is. Yeah, I'd say Warrior. One warrior, Jacob. What do you think? Hmm. This is tough. But I'm, I'm trying to imagine, like, and maybe it's because you know Bob Saget just passed away, but like this family matters type thing. You know, where there's some moral lesson at the end of each episode, you know, this week on a very special warrior. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I just don't know. Um, 
because I feel like Mad Max is is more Knight Rider than it is, you know, Family Matters. Yeah, it's a little more A Team. You're right. Yeah, which is good and entertaining and funny in its own way, but that's not a sitcom. Whereas what Eric's saying is, okay, if we go back to one of the questions for Warrior, if we could cast Will Ferrell as one of the main characters opposite John C. Riley. Uh, yeah, I think you could do some good sitcom stuff with that. So I think that's going to put it at Warrior for me. Okay, Warrior takes it uh, four to two. Eric, fill us in there. Update that bracket. All right, looking good. Endgame eight is filling up. This gets us down into our Quentin Tarantino region. We've got a number one seed here, our first number one seed of the evening with Anchorman, arguably Will Ferrell's finest comedic achievement. I say arguably because it's close. Some other good stuff. And then Rocky Four. There's there's so many good Rocky movies. Rocky One won Best Picture. Rocky Two was kind of the same thing over again. Rocky Three was awesome. Got us Mr. T and um, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips Houlihan. <laughs> and of course, Ivan Drago and geopolitics worked into the Rocky story. It's amazing. Jacob, we're going to start with you. Which is more notorious? Anchorman or Rocky Four? Well, notorious is it's famous, but for the wrong reasons. And outside of that weird robot in Rocky Four, there's not a lot that's really notorious in that movie. I mean, Rocky is morally good. He's going to fight the big bad, which is Ivan Drago avenging his best friend. Um, I, I'm having a hard time putting the word notorious to that movie. Whereas Will Ferrell and Anchorman specifically is based on sexist, misogynistic tropes of the 1970s. Oh, in America Santiago. Has the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The the punting of Baxter is awful and awesome at the same time. The rampant littering um, and the troubles that it leads to. The rampant littering. Uh, uh, the news team fight, the bear attack. I mean, there's just a lot of objectionable stuff that's hysterical. And I got to go Anchorman here for Notorious. All right. Makes sense. Eric, what do you think after hearing Jake's uh, loquacious, beautiful answer? So ask me the question again. The question is, Eric Hoffman, Anchorman or Rocky Four, which is more notorious? I think Jake is on to quite a bit there in terms of stuff that would be problem problematic in the film. Um. Well, it was intentionally problematic. That was what made it so funny. Is yeah, a, yeah. Well, it was in 1970s America. Grow. Yeah, he had to change mm -hmm. with the times. Yeah. I, you know, maybe that's enough to just say, yeah, I, I'd go with Anchorman. Although I kind of want to lean into the, you know, blatant nationalistic, militaristic jingoism of Rocky Four as being notorious. 
Well, I think and those maybe are great the things. So yeah, jingoism is just <laughs> the best. <laughs> you know, maybe the question is which is more notorious in Soviet Russia than Rocky Four, but that's you know. true. But we have more people, so I'll go with Anchorman. I'll go with Anchorman on that one. Anchorman takes the first two. All right, Eric, we're going to start with you on this one. Which of these movies is best to watch on Valentine's Day? Anchorman or Rocky IV? Um, well, that really depends on who you're watching it with. Okay, loser. Who do you, who do you hang out with on Valentine's Day? Well, no, I mean, you know, if it's... If it's Again, your bros, it or is it if, white? I mean, well, yeah, is your wife more? It depends on what your wife or spouse is more into. So, um, are you asking Rocky Four? I think is more romantic in the end. You know, you have him fighting for family and country and probably God. <laughs> why not? But Anchorman is going to be a little bit lighter something more enjoyable throughout. So I'd say Anchorman is going to be better for me on Valentine's Day. Going to Anchorman. All right, Jacob, what do you think? Uh, I mean, the jazz flute alone and the many leather-bound books clearly shows why Anchorman is better Valentine's Day movie. And if you can have some Sex Panther on hand. It is Sex Panther. It works <laughs> 60% of the time. It works every time. But it's, made it's by not Odeon. even. A, yeah. Okay. Well, we've got our first sweep. That's Anchorman takes it four. Well, it's a number one seat. I don't. It should be sweeping. <laughs> no, right? and Rocky Four is a good movie, but even you know, per my lead in, it's probably a little overmatched. Anytime you're getting down to episode four of a series, and granted, they did a great job revitalizing that series there. Almost as good as when they uh, made it about Michael Jordan and made it about Creed's son. But um, yeah, not, not a huge surprise. I agree. That gets us down into the James Cameron region, where we have another number one seed, quite possibly the number one overall seed of this whole tournament in Avengers Endgame against a movie near and dear to my heart, The Empire Strikes Back. Jacob, first question is for you. Avengers Endgame or The Empire Strikes Back? Who wore it better? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, Empire we're, Strikes we're, Back. We're, we're, we're in Sky in City, right? Carpet. I'm sorry? We're in Sky City, right? Empire Strikes Back. Lando Calrissian. Maybe we're on Titan. I'm not sure where the I'm not sure where the Oscars are that year. Okay. It could be Stark Tower. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So immediately when you asked the question, Darth Vader popped into my head because he's one of the best villains ever. And he's dressed like a boss. He's got that black cloak. Um, you know, then you've got Lando and Sky City, who this is not his finest moment in Empire betraying Han. But uh, 
the man was fashionable. I mean, he just looked good dressed to the nines. But outside of that, I, I don't know. Whereas the Avengers, everyone's in a costume and everyone looks amazing. So I think I got to go end game for who wore it better. All right. Jake gives a, a conflicted answer and goes Avengers Endgame. Eric, what do you think? Avengers Endgame or The Empire Strikes Back? Who wore it better? I, I really have to fall into Endgame because everyone is in their best costume of, of wherever their character is, right? Spider-Man has his nano suit. Iron Man has his nano suit with the gauntlet. Um, even Thor starting the movie as a drunken overweight slob cleans up very nicely. Oh, but the braids the, that he puts in by the end. Oh, for the amazing. final act yeah. with a little bit of lightning work. Uh, he's got the braids. He just, he comes in as a King basically. And uh, yeah, I think everyone is, everything has still has its color. Captain America is, uh, you know, got his, full best costume on along with all the dirt and grit and blood mixed in end game wears it best. Mm -hmm. All right. Well said. Um, yeah, that, that one could have gone either way as will this next question, Eric, we're going to start with you Avengers end game or the empire strikes back, which movie makes for the best t-shirts. Oh, That's you have you have you have, you have endless promotional fodder here. The licensing yeah. opportunities are off the charts. I mean, because because Endgame, you have so many different characters, and you have tie-ins to so many different films. There's there's too many possibilities. However. The marketing ability of a T-shirt for The Empire Strikes Back is almost—it's—it's it's deeper in the culture than Avengers Endgame. Like you can, there's things from Empire Strikes Back that <clears throat> they're quotes that maybe people even don't don't realize what film they might be from. They just know that quote is in the cultural lexicon. So I'm going to say The Empire Strikes Back for this question, but it's close. You know, I was uh, I was at Disneyland recently, and you know how they'll sell shirts for couples? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, thing one and thing two, or I'm with her, mm -hmm. and Arrow Point here says stupid. They had one where it's got Leia and says, I love you. And on the Han Solo one, it says, I Thank know. you. I know. Or, I know. <laughs> And yeah, all right, Jake, what do you think? Avengers Endgame or The Empire Strikes Back? Which movie makes for the best t-shirts? I, I think it's Empire. And I think it's always been Empire. Um, because people have been wearing Empire t-shirts since the 80s. And all you have to do to make a good Empire Strikes Back t-shirt is literally put in yellow font across the black shirt and The Empire Strikes Back. 
And that's a great shirt and people will wear it. And this retro eighties font type is really popular again. Um, also the empire strikes back had some great movie posters and you slap that on a silk screen. You've got a great shirt. Never mind that as again, Darth Vader is a way better villain than Thanos. Um, he's iconic. He's a guy you love to hate. And he looks really good on a shirt. Like people like Darth Vader. People want Darth Vader, um, which I, I just think everything about Empire is way more marketable for, for shirts than Endgame. All right. Wow. Very, I mean, two insanely marketable movies. So we're tied two to two. Jake, we're going to start with you on this one. Avengers Endgame or The Empire Strikes Back, which inspires more vigorous debate amongst learned scholars? Is this a, is learned scholars a euphemism for nerd? Because I <laughs> feel is. like that debate's already been run, run, around and around. Learned scholars. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that Avengers, I don't know what there is to debate really in the Avengers endgame because well, I you mean, kind of know. You know, was Thanos right? Was Thanos wrong? There's that. There's there's sacrifice to get the soul stone. There's, you know, could they have done that? There's cap. We don't trade lives. There's, there's, there's a couple ways to look at things in there. I guess, you know, I mean, the, the themes that carry forward from civil war, you know, all the way up into there about, you know, how cap and Tony kind of trade places on that whole thing. And yeah. I, I think there's some stuff going on in there. I, I guess so. I, I guess for whatever reason, I just keep coming back to <laughs> what what would nerds argue about more? And I feel like Star Wars has again been the grandfather of that. Um, you know, with the the whole this is where they start to get into the more high philosophy of what the force is and how do you use it and you know letting your anger rule you or not and then you also have Calrissian betraying his friends to save Cloud City was that the right move or wasn't it um and then obviously the philosophy of no I am your father at the end there so I, I guess initially I'm I'm gonna say Star Wars that's what my gut went with um yeah, Star Wars. All right, Eric, what do you think? Which of these movies inspires more vigorous debate amongst learned scholars? Learned scholars is, uh, I, Jake went with that is euphemistic for nerds. I, I'm going to disagree there because I think Avengers Endgame brings up a couple things, like Jeff said, Thanos's ethic of, you know, deleting half the universe in order to save the other half uh, philosophy as well as uh, the whole quantum physics thing, I think is going to bring more debate about, is that possible? Is that how it could work? Um, the debate happened within the film, right? Tony Stark says, you can't do that. It's not going to work. 
Uh, and then you do have the whole debate between uh, Ant-Man and Hawkeye and uh, War Machine, um, you know, Rhodey in, in the base when they're discussing all the other time machine movies, right? Back to the Future, Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that will spur more vigorous debate. Okay, we've got our first tie after three questions. Um, <clears throat> we didn't talk about this earlier, but uh, we're going to go with tiebreaker. <laughs> and Eric, we're going to ask you. And, and I'm going to tell you what the names are of these potential gay bars, but you're about to open a gay <laughs> bar and you got to pick one. And you either get to name it Endgame or The <laughs> Empire. Which one are you picking? Endgame or The Empire? Bakersfield's hottest new nightclub is Empire. Empire. Wow. Empire Strikes Back takes out uh, number one seed. Avengers Endgame. Unbelievable. All right. Fill it in. I can't believe that just happened. Jacob, that gets us into the John Hughes region. Another number one seed, Dumb and Dumber, up against the two seed, Ghostbusters. My question for you, Jake, which is more environmentally friendly, Dumb and Dumber or Ghostbusters? Uh, well, where are they going in Dumb and Dumber? Going to Aspen, right? little place called aspen yeah yeah they're driving that van which cannot be fuel efficient but but they do trade it in for a motorcycle that gets 40 miles to the gallon i mean that's not bad especially no. in the 90s that's not bad at all 40 miles to the gallon on this hog <laughs> um whereas Ghostbusters, I mean, they're, they're trying to do good. They're trying to make the world a better place by eliminating ghosts, which always good, always good. But then they cross the streams. Uh, the first one, they blow up a marshmallow, which cannot be good for the water supply, the city water supply. No, can you imagine the cleanup from that marshmallow? Yeah, that's, that's that, not good 7, for the 7,000 tons of marshmallow cream <laughs> yeah, all inside exactly. the city sewers and oh. Not to mention the portal to hell that they opened on the top of a skyscraper. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of damage that they do to New York City. New York already has gonna, a garbage and rat problem. So. Yeah, FEMA FEMA is going to have a, a field day trying to clean all that up. So I, at worst, Dumb and Dumber is environmentally neutral. So I, I got to go Dumb and Dumber is more environmentally friendly than Ghostbusters. Dumb and Dumber. Eric, what do you think? Which of these movies is more environmentally friendly? Uh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber is more environmentally friendly. I feel like uh, Ghostbusters, whatever system they're running at their their station is, it's got to not be carbon neutral. It's got to be like a ton of carbon, right? It's a massive amount of juice they're pumping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have no idea what kind of kilowatts per hour that thing runs on, but it's not it's not good. Not to mention all their devices are probably 
tearing holes in the fabric of reality. So yeah, and highly I mean, radioactive. And I mean, I mean, yeah. isn't the, isn't one of the antagonists from the EPA? Am I correct on that? He, I think he is. I think you're right. Yeah. The little the, EPA. The city official. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. The guy who played the, uh, the anchor man on, uh, on Die Hard. Yeah. Huh. And that's why he wanted them to release the ghost. Cause it was like bad for the environment. That's funny. Well, there you go. It's right there in the movie. Yeah, awesome. yeah it was right. I, it took us a while to get there. So, all right, Eric, let's start with you on this one. Uh, you're a fan of history, ostensibly, at least some weeks. This podcast is about history. So, Dumb and Dumber or Ghostbusters? Which one would be more dangerous in Spain during the 1500s? This is this is mid Spanish Inquisition. So dumb and dangerous for whom? The characters? No, probably the church. I remember the people involved in making it. You got to answer to the uh, the Spanish Inquisition about uh, making the movie. These movies is more dangerous, or maybe even just the fact that you saw it. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, Ghostbusters in Spain, the 1500s Ghostbusters. Do you That's elaborate on that? It's it's just uh heresy, I guess, to be dealing with these ghosts without the use of a priest, I suppose. Like no uh, unless one of the Ghostbusters Good is point. ordained. Unlikely. Well, hold on. Oh, there's there there, there mm. are exorcists in the church. Yeah, maybe Ghostbusters are just uh, four priests. Just a 20th century <laughs> exorcism, maybe. Oh, yeah. Is, wouldn't that be? Still, it's more dangerous than Dumb and Number. I mean, two guys, two morons going cross country happens all the time. We've <laughs> done it, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, How many of us Ghostbusters, have been part of that Dumb movie? and Dumber could be the story of Don Quixote, which was written <clears throat> in Spain. So they, I don't think they'd be like, well, yeah, yeah. Idiots are tilting at windmills all the time. That's not a big deal, but the supernatural ramifications of opening portals to other dimensions or to hell or heaven. Yeah. I, I think that would be dangerous. You show that you show that to 15th century Spain, they're going to freak out. Yeah. Please, please explain what a marshmallow is. Before we and that alone, this puff marshmallow alone would terrify them. It's going to get over all their architecture. It's going to be awful. Okay, (laughs) Ghostbusters comes coming from behind on that one. Let's uh, let's see here. Let's go down here a little bit. Jacob, let's start with you. Dumb and Dumber or Ghostbusters? Which would you rather watch while getting a root canal? Uh, you're laying in the chair he's got a flat screen just right i got the gas set up you've probably got the remote in your hand got a few movies to choose from you've you've narrowed it down to dumb and dumber and ghostbusters drill is cranking up which one are you going with i i think i i think i'm gonna go dumb and dumber here I think there'd be more laughs per minute 
And with the amped up laughing gas that it'd be on, I think it would it'd crank it to 11, so to speak. So I think Dumb and Dumber would be my my choice here. Nice. Eric, what do you think? So Jake, have you ever gotten a root canal? Well, I've never had a cavity, so oh. no. Oh, well. Wow. That's amazing. I'm jealous. I had three root canals on the same tooth, and then they finally just pulled it out of my head. It's like Jeez. a mercy killing. Yeah, I'm missing a tooth from a failed root canal as well. Um, I don't want to move much during a root canal. So whichever one is going to make me laugh the least is what I want to be watching during that. And that would be Ghostbusters. Maybe I should have had a root canal to answer this question properly. Yeah, That's I, don't, I think he's I'm not sorry. qualified to answer this question. <laughs> yeah, you're like Cameron talking about movies he hasn't seen. Can we pause it. and have Jake go get a root canal and then... Uh... I'll be back. Yep. <laughs> well, no, but what we do have is we've got we've got three against three. So this time it's Jake's turn. Jake, you're opening Salt Lake City's hottest new nightclub. And it's designed exclusively for male patrons. Are you going to name it Dumb and Dumber? Or are you going to name it Ghostbusters? Oh. Uh, In fact, I'll tell you what. Are you just going to name it? Let's, uh, let's shorten these. You can either name it Busters or Dumber. I, I'm going Ghostbusters. You're going Busters. All right. I, I feel like the theme, the, the the evening themes would be incredible with Ghostbusters and uh, yeah, Ghostbusters. But to avoid copyright problems, you're just shortening it to Busters. But it's you just can a clearly busters. have Welcome all the Ghostbusters busters. paraphernalia you yeah. want on the inside. Yeah, I mean, instead of Vankman, it'd be Vonkman. And, you know, the, it, I can't afford the licensing, but yeah. The Spangler is a drink with lots of glitter in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, that gets us down to the Christopher Nolan region, which not ironically has a Christopher Nolan movie in The Dark Knight as a four seed. And one of my personal favorites, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the 80s classic as a two seed. <coughs> Eric, we're going to start with you on this one. Which would be best if retold as a children's book? The Dark Knight or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I, I can't see how you do The Dark Knight as a children's book. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off has all the, the trappings of like, here's how we go about our day, and here's the adventure we had. And, you know, like the, the, the night before kindergarten book, or, you know, Johnny takes a day off from school. That's just a children's book. And it's right. fantastic. And I might Makes start sense. writing that. That sounds like a good money maker. Note to self. Jake, what do you think? Uh, which would be best if retold as a children's book? Okay. Dark so Knight first, or which ironically, Dark Knight started out as a comic book. So in its yeah. in a way, already kind of a children's book. So well, as the late great Mitch Hedberg said, if a child can read it, it's a children's book. So that's the first point. But the second point is, I think with The Dark Knight, you've got some Grimm's fairy tale stuff going on here. I think you can, you know, the, the Joker, especially Heath Ledger's Joker, you got some Rumpelstiltskin kind of vibes where he's sowing chaos. 
And then you have the Valiant Dark Knight um, who's out there to stop him. So I, I think there's potential there to make it like a fairy tale type children's book as opposed to like um, like what Eric's saying, which would be more like a schoolhouse children's book where it's, it's a little bit like, like kindergarten or in first grade. I think you could do some some darker themes, but still keep it a children's book with the dark night. So that's where I'm going. Dark night. Okay, gotcha. Dark night. All right, Jake, uh, we're tied one to one. We're going to start with you on this one. Um, I know that a lot of stuff, a lot of books and a lot of movies get logged into the library of Congress. I do not know the timelines on this. I don't know the rules. I don't know if everything gets in there, just most things or just special things. Having given you my tremendous lack of knowledge about this question, in your opinion, which of these was the quickest to be logged into the Library of Congress? The Dark Knight or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I think uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off would make it faster than The Dark Knight. One, because it stands alone on its own. It doesn't need the prequel or sequel uh, to round it out. It's just a great movie on its own. It's representative of its era with the 80s, whereas The Dark Knight is an incredible movie, but it's not like, it's not the necessarily the greatest movie of the 2000s, whereas Ferris Bueller is one of the greatest movies of the 80s. So I think Ferris Bueller would make it. All right, noted. Eric Hoffman, what do you think? Which I really one? want to say Dark Knight. I really do. And and I want to say Dark Knight because the performance of Heath Ledger before he tragically passed That's true. was enough to like make it... First of all, it was a great performance, whether he lived or died. The fact that he passed away so soon after kind of made it a marker like a bigger marker in the Batman history. However, as Jake said, the Dark Knight is not like a, it's it's not an obelisk of the times of the 2000s as is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So Ferris Bueller's going to get this one for me. All right, got it. Let's, uh, it's three to one. We need another question. Eric, you're putting together uh, another Voyager capsule. We're sending it off into deep space. We've got room for some stuff in there, but not for everything. Which which movie are you putting into the 2022 version, version of Voyager? The Dark Knight. And I'm going to explain why. Please do. Uh, if we send them footage of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they're going to think that we're a goofy kind of silly don't take anything seriously easy to conquer species when they find it we send them the dark night they're going to know we don't mess around and everyone is insane so the dark night yeah whose water would you rather steal clearly ferris bueller's water yeah all right jake you've heard uh eric hoffman's line of thought on this what do you think I, I, didn't we have a question like this a previous episode and again Cameron and Eric were like 
I want to pick the movie that's going to scare the crap out of the aliens the most. Like, what is this theme with like, we want to just intimidate them with whatever film we're sending. I don't get that. Well, cause I want to intimidate them. I don't want to be. But, but like when you move into a new neighborhood is the first thing you do. Like you, you go set it, you know, set a dumpster on fire in someone's front lawn and say, don't mess with me. Like, I just don't, it's not neighborly. That's not, that's not how we do things here. Well, it's not how we treat other people there. Yeah. Well, hold on. I got to go put out a fire real quick. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I love the dark Knight, but if I can only send one movie, I, I gotta pick Ferris Bueller. Uh, I guess I just have a different, I want to make a different first impression to our extraterrestrial friends than than Eric does. Than pure insanity, the insanity of uh, yeah. a deranged hero and a deranged <laughs> villain. Yeah, yeah. This is the best we got. Enjoy this movie. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if you're keeping track or not, Eric, but Ferris Bueller's Day Off just beat the Dark Knight coming out of coming out of the Nolan region. We're really separating the wheat from the chaff here. That gets us down into the Stanley Kubrick region. We've got a number one seed, the all-time great, very quotable Rain Man against a movie that everybody loves without argument, the Shawshank Redemption. Um, Stephen King does some stuff that makes fantastic movies, and that's one of them. Eric, we're going to start with you on this one. Which of these movies, Rain Man or The Shawshank Redemption, is the best to be remade as a cartoon? Now, it doesn't have to be a children's cartoon. It could just just an animated form. No, it could be a comedy. It could be BoJack Horseman. Yeah, it's a, it's a very wide open genre at this point. I think Shawshank Redemption lends itself more to an animated style rain man i'm sure it could be fine but shawshank redemption you could really like the thing about animation i remember uh one of the animators from the simpsons talking about how you know they could do whatever they wanted from episode to episode the characters didn't have to go through monumental physical changes in the like between episodes it was like you just draw him fatter or you draw him with more hair it's easy the shawshank redemption you can do a lot of wild stuff with animation. And I think that would be better in animated form. Nice. Jake, what do you think? Which one uh, is best to be remade as a cartoon rain man or the Shawshank redemption? Uh, I agree with Eric. I think the Shawshank redemption would be better. And I'm thinking more of a, uh, like a cowboy bebop or Trigun, like that's animation style, Anime. Uh, which, yeah, which probably shows my age. Cause I think, two of the oldest animes out there, but I just think you can do a lot, you know, where it is a dramatic show, but as Eric said, you can work with the animation to add a lot to that, um, to make it a good show. So it would definitely not be a kid's cartoon, um, but I think it would really do well. All right. Got it. Shawshank two to zero. Jake, we're going to start with you on this one. Rain man or the Shawshank redemption. Um, I'm going to take you back to the eighties on this one. We had Luke Skywalker and two live crew 
putting very explicit music out that uh, that that frankly children were getting a hold of. Mm-hmm. And coming to the rescue, we had Tipper Gore, and for years we had her to thank for the parental advisory sticker on yeah. many albums. Saved America. Yeah, my question for you is. Which of these movies is on Tipper Gore's radar? <laughs> mm. um, so she's putting the explicit label on the package on the VHS. Yeah, and, and I'm not even sure if it's necessarily for language or content or whatever, but one of these movies more than the other has piqued her interest. Which one do you think that is? Well, I mean, Rain Man, I mean, there's some gambling in there. Definitely some swearing. Um, obviously, Dustin Hoffman being the autistic savant, uh, you know, and kind of the tropes that come with that, I guess, could be problematic. But Shawshank is dark. <laughs> like, <there's> some <laughs> dark themes in there. I can't imagine Tipper Gore is going to, it's going to let Shawshank get a pass so she can go after Rain Man. Like, it's just there's too much in there. Okay, so you're 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 putting Shawshank on Tipper's radar. Well, yeah, I mean, what is there? There's like um, there's suicide in there, and uh, oh, there's 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 the, man the, rape. Yeah, yeah, the horrible violence. The there's murder. There's heck, even the even the pinup that Andy Dufresne uses to cover up his tunnel. Oh, I mean, that the could pin-up. be scandalous. Yeah, that does it. You know, it's it, enough. It's just. Uh, and then Morgan Freeman narrating Andy Dufresne's escape, saying he's covered in his own or covered in a tunnel of crap. Um, yeah, I think Tipper Gore is going after Shawshank. All right, Eric, he, what do just, you think? Sorry, sorry, that, I'm done. That's all right. No, finish your thought. I just say Stephen King. She would be like, "Oh well, Stephen King wrote it, so it's got to be bad." So, so initially, I, I wanted to go with Rain Man because I feel like there was the the language in Rain Man was much more consistent in its vulgarity. <clears throat> However, I think she'd be much more interested in going after the bigger fish. And Shawshank Redemption, I think, was a bigger fish overall. Uh, I could be wrong, but the content. Some language in there, but the content um, and the imagery was much harsher in the Shawshank Redemption. She'd be very much after that. Yeah, and the whole deconstruction of the prison experience and an innocent man incarcerated. This is way before prison reform was in vogue. Yeah. All right. That is a that is a four to nothing. Rain Man swings and misses many, many times and is now out of the dance. This gets us down into our final region of the day, our final matchup of the day, the Ridley Scott region. Could I? Could we back up to Stanley Kubrick region real quick? Oh, Rain please. Man, Shawshank Redemption, because we've had this question before of, of uh, having a character step in, or like a, a different actor play part. And I just had a realization: what if we swapped the actors from Rain Man with the actors from Shawshank Redemption? What kind of so Tim you know, Robbins and we, Morgan Freeman swapping Rain with Tom Man. Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch Rain Man with Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. I don't know if I'd watch the Tom Cruise. Oh, you wouldn't. Josh you Ed would Redemption. watch it. 
Well, oh, I would watch, watch it because he would be running all over that prison because he loves to run in his movies. But <laughs> I think Dustin Hoffman would do a really good job in Shawshank Redemption as Andy Dufresne. I just don't know. No, he's, he's a great actor. Red. He, he would pick that up. No problem. I agree. I think Tom Cruise is the weak link out of that, though. I think Tom Cruise would have a harder time playing Red than Morgan Freeman would have. It's interesting that you you both put Tom Cruise as Red because I, I would have put Dustin Hoffman as Red. Well, yeah, I, oh, I, I agree. Well, that's interesting. I, I, I think Tom Cruise is Andy Dufresne if we're casting yeah. that. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe that changes things then. But Tim Robbins and, and uh, Morgan Freeman in Rain Man. I feel that like that would be, would be seamless. Like I truly uh, I do. do. I, <laughs> I feel like they would seamlessly, whatever role you put them in, they would seamlessly fit into that role. Oh, see. And I had, I had put uh, Morgan Freeman as uh, um, Raymond. So, Raymond. but yeah, I mean, I suppose I, I, Morgan Freeman, I can see as either. I'm, I'm struggling Morgan with Tim Freeman Robbins. As as... Raymond. Got to watch Wapna. Is that how you say it? Is that a Morgan Freeman? Oh. Well, the philosophers tell us that due to the laws of quantum mechanics, that there are an infinite number of universes with an infinite number of possibilities. So we just got to find the right one. Right. We just got to figure out a way to tap into that and get a hold of this because it's out there, apparently. <laughs> we need to watch that movie. Awesome. All right. Okay. Good question, um, Eric. We've got uh, the Departed versus Office Space, our last matchup of the day. You want to swap casts in this one, Eric? Too. <laughs> no, that'd be interesting. Okay, Jake. Let's start with you. You're. Uh, this is back before you had a family. You're a young kid. You're just trying to make a little beer money. You've got a door-to-door sales gig. You have your choice. Hey, kid, you want to sell The Departed today or you want to sell Office Space? You're going door-to-door selling DVDs. Which one would you rather sell door-to-door? Hmm. So The Departed has bigger name actors, a bigger director, uh, you know, you say anything with Scorsese and that's got some marketability there. You got DiCaprio, you got Wahlberg, uh, Martin Sheen, Jack Nicholas, um, or Nicholson, not Nicholas. Uh, and, and, uh, so you got, you got the heavy hitters. So you, you think that would just be more marketable on the surface. However, I really liked office space. And it was very quotable to me. And so it's something I, f- I feel like I could sell that better because I know the movie better and I, I enjoy it more. So I, I think based on that, I could say, you know, this is a movie I love. It's got some great characters. It's an office, you know, it's an awesome story. And, uh, and you know, start saying the quotes from the movie. And I think I could sell more DVDs that way than with The Departed. All right, Jake's going office space. Eric, what do you think? You're selling DVDs door to door. Which one? Uh, which one are you going to choose to sell for the day? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a particularly good salesman. That's why I think I've avoided sales. Although being in the classroom is trying to sell students on being wiser. But uh, that aside, uh, I can't sell something I don't believe in. So, 
or that I love. So it's got to be Office Space. I mean, Departed was great, but Office Space, that's something I could sell. That's something I enjoy enough to talk about. Clearly the more sellable product of the two. All right, well, let's take this another direction then, Eric, for a second question. Um, The Departed or Office Space? Which movie could you make the best country western song out of? You've got to take some characters, some situations. You got to twang it up a little bit. You got to make a country western song. Which one are you going to use as your thematic inspiration? Well, so in The Departed, there is that love triangle, right? Um, With the girl and... uh, uh, a couple characters. I want to say Matt Damon and DiCaprio's characters, right? Yeah, I believe you're right. And uh, not to mention all the backstabbing and those are all things that are just perfect for a country western song. Not to mention the murders. That's going to be kind of a dark country. It's not going to be. It's not going to be uh, Nashville country. It's going to be. I mean, it's not all John real Cash. country. They do have some line dancing stuff. I mean, it's. Yeah, I'm going departed. Going departed. All right, Jake, what do you think? Which one could you make the best country Western song out of? Um, is it a country Western song? Take this job and shove it. I I would say yes. Because if it is, then the and then Office Space would be a perfect country western theme song. I agree with it. What Eric's saying, because I think the darker themes of The Departed could be like. Um, oh, I got to back up. I got to back up those, then. But and I think you're absolutely right. I, I think Office Space because work's not working. His woman left him. Uh, you know, he's got the commute, all those things to complain. I, if I can change my answer. Of course you can change your answer. And I don't, I don't even know where Jake was going. I just started to think about office space a little bit more, but you, I gotta you, you it. have to get it out right now. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, Eric has gone office space. Jake, I think that's where you're going. Do you have anything else you want to add? That's, to that? that's where I was leaning, but then Eric, <laughs> because I convinced him somehow convinced me that office space is a better country Western song. All right. Office space, just be departed four to zero. Don't give me none of that flair. Oh yeah. There's flair. Yeah. There's he's, he's having money problems. Someone's going to get arrested at the end until the place burns down. And mm-hmm. and he ends up milk. just working with a shovel. Yeah. He got right. Milton's whole problem. His paychecks just stopped showing up. I didn't get paid again, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Office we'll space. Wow. There's right, one, so. one seed left and it's anchor man. So can we recap the, the, the final eight then? Cause yeah. Yeah. So I'll be so honest, let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and Eric, you want to walk us through our, uh, our, our next episode. We're going to, we're going to see this thing through on the next yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yeah, we are. So uh, our, our first matchup will be number five seed Scott Pilgrim versus the world taking on number four warrior, which is probably, if you asked me 
at the beginning of this whole thing, uh, out of these eight movies, th- these two are the ones I least expect to see here. And and it makes they're the lowest seeds except for Empire Strikes Back. I just these are not the ones I expected to make it this far. Uh, in the second matchup will be number one seed Anchorman versus the six seed The Empire Strikes Back. So here, the End Game Eight, Avengers End Game doesn't make it into the End Game Eight, and well, I think that's the biggest surprise. We lost four number one seeds in this round. Yeah, yeah. The Pulp Fiction Four didn't even make it to the Sweet Sixteen. No, I know. I, I just yeah. I am a little surprised Endgame didn't make it, but it went against a criminally underrated Empire Strikes Back. Empire as a yeah. six seed was shockingly low. Um, yeah, you're right. I can't argue with that. And but at the same time, you also can't argue with Avengers Endgame as the number one seed. That was uh, exactly. I, I agree. Empire was was seeded too low. Still, that was an upset. Uh, and then over on the other side, we've got. Number two seed Ghostbusters versus number two seed Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Two 80s comedy juggernauts. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be a very interesting showdown. And the last one will be number two Shawshank Redemption versus number three Office Space. Uh, so those are our end game eight. And uh, we'll be breaking. We'll get to one final movie at the end of this. So One movie to rule them all? Yes. I like it. The darkness. Yep. Oh, man. This is going to be good. Uh, All right. Well, that ends up, uh, wraps up the Sweet 16 Candles. As Eric said, we will have the End Game 8 and the Pulp Fiction 4 and then our championship for our next and last episode of Movie Wars. Thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Good night, everybody.